Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. Good to see a few of you here. It is very good to see you. And those of you watching online, glad that you could join us. A couple of things that we do want to announce. We are moving to gather here together live on November 15th. Uh, We are going to have the works building open for the kids. It's going to be an open setup where you'll stay with your kids and we'll have some teachers there to do crafts and things with the children and we'll stream what we're doing here over there. And then we have room for you to be here. Uh, We are asking that people bring masks, wear masks, and we are going to clean the place and do everything we can to stay safe and be together Um, more pressing news uh, if you don't know and you haven't heard it's with a heavy heart that I share with you that we have lost our dear sister Colleen she passed away uh, Thursday I believe early in the morning Krista texted us just after one uh, and she's gone to be with the Lord right now Krista is trying to work through how to be able to celebrate her mom's life with as many people as possible with the conditions that are happening right now. Um, Talking about doing some kind of live stream, but she wants there to be opportunity for people to get together and hug and to um, grieve together. And so be praying for Krista and her family, for uh, Sarah, Sean, again, the grandbabies, the kids, as they're going through having to maneuver through all of this. I know how stressful it was when my mom passed just going through that, and that was without COVID. Um, So there's just so much more that she is trying to navigate through. And, And I know that it helps us to be able to do something at this time. And so I know a lot of people even have called me and are reaching out to her, wondering what you guys can do. If you would like to bring food to the family, you can. They don't need it, but you can do that if you would like to. Um, They are open to those kinds of things, being receptive to whatever ways we want to express our appreciation for Colleen, our gratitude for her, and our sorrow for the family. And so we'll let you know more as we know more. Right now, there's just not a whole lot we know and we can do. And so we are kind of going through this in the best ways that we can. And it's hard and it's frustrating. And it is 
helping us to understand the importance of life. I shared with Krista that her mom's legacy is going to live long past the COVID that we are experiencing now. And I believe that, and many of us are experiencing that uh, just in the way she's impacted our life and has touched us. And so that is where things are right now. And again, we will let you know more as we know more. Uh, But right now, that's all that we do know what's happening. Uh, So much going on. Next week, we will know the results, or we should know. I shouldn't say we'll know. We should know the result of the election. (laughs) Who knows what we'll know in these times. But I want you to know, or, or, or I want us to commit to that, Regardless of what happens in this election, I am going to be determined to live my life the same way. I am still going to be a person who who finds hope in the Lord. I am still going to be a person who is giving grace and love to the people around me. What happens in the election is not going to change who I am and how I am going to live. I know there will be repercussions in other ways, but I still have the ability, and that's true no matter where we live, no matter what country we live in, no matter the outcome of this election, we have the choice to live our lives as much like Christ as possible. And that's what I am choosing to do. And I hope that's what we all choose to do who name Jesus as our Lord, is be committed to this way of life that is not going to be swayed so much by the changes around us that it affects the life in us. And and that's really what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about transformation and what transformation is. Because we've talked about how God is always present and at work. And we've talked about how the God who is present and at work looks like Jesus. That's our clearest understanding of of who God is. And this God also meets us in the reality of who we are and where we are. I was just talking with Brent uh, before just how, you know, sometimes prayer right now seems like a struggle or, or life is a struggle, but that's where God is, is in the middle of the struggle, right? He's here. He, he's not in the life we want to have. He's not in the situations that are good. He's right here in the middle of where we are, in the middle of not having words. Tears are prayer. Groans are prayer. Even cursing can be a prayer coming from our soul to God that he hears and understands. And we talked about last week that why is God with us in the present? Because God cares about all of this more than we do. And if God is going to care more, he has to do it in the reality of where and who we are. And so that's what I want to kind of move into, this idea of transformation Transformation is not just a change in what we do. Transformation is a change in who we are. That, of course, affects what we do. It's what God does through you. He is also doing 
in you. And this is important. I mean, you think about fire. Fire doesn't give heat. Fire is heat. Right? If, I, if there's a fire over there, I can't say, hey, give me some heat. No, to get the heat and warmth of that fire, I have to actually go near it because that's what it is. And that's the same thing true with us. John Wesley said that light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. We can't give what we don't have. And what God is wanting to do is not just change a part of us. He's trying to transform all of us. He's trying to put his fire, his life within us so that the heat can be felt with those who are around us. And that's how it's supposed to be, right? Jesus told us in John chapter five, says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. So Jesus wasn't just acting a certain way because it was the right way to act. He was actually in tune with what God is doing and doing that. He, he was living that life. He was the flame. He wasn't just trying to share something. He was what he was trying to share. And Paul carries this torch, right? He carries this flame Past in Philippians 4, 9, and he says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So Jesus says, I'm doing what the Father is asking me to do. Paul says, what you see in me, that's what I want you to do. Why? It's not just what we heard when we were kids or maybe we told our kids, don't do what I do, do what I say. It's like, no, you have to do what you see because no matter what I told my kids, they still ended up acting like me, right? No matter what you say to them, they are reading you and they are acting what they see in you. And so it's important that this idea of transformation isn't about us just doing good things. It's about us becoming something more. And I have important news for us. God doesn't use people. Now, I know we might have prayed, I've prayed, Lord, use me. And I know there's like Paul telling, you know, Timothy, you know, that we might be useful for his purposes. But the point I'm trying to make is God's mission mission isn't a project that he uses people to accomplish because God's mission is actually the people themselves. So so God isn't using people. God's project is people. People aren't some instrument that God just manipulates. People are the destination that God is trying to reach. The way God leads us doesn't exploit us to get his stuff done. And that's what I mean by using us. He's not just using you to get something done. No, you're what needs to be done. You're the project that God is working on. 
Instead, he invites us into his very life. He's not here to use you to accomplish something. He's here to invite you into the life that he has. Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and they might have it to the full, right? He didn't say, I've come that I might use you to bring about the kingdom, right? I'm not breaking in the kingdom. I am not making the kingdom come. The kingdom is already here and I get to participate in it. And this is really more of an invitation to participate with than to work for, right? I work for God. No, I get to live with God. You know, my son, after he moved out of the house, he he wanted to one time put up a ceiling fan and and I had put up ceiling fans in in the rooms and none of them have come down. So he thought maybe I could be the person to, to do this. And so I went to his house and he and I put together the fan up on the ceiling and it worked and it didn't fall down, right? And another time he had moved from a place when he had some holes in the wall and so he wanted some help with filling the holes, spackling and painting and touching up. And he knows that we've done this at our house. So he asked me to come and work with him to accomplish this. He didn't use me. I got to do it with him, right? It wasn't like, okay, son, I'll work for you. And I'll get this fan up. I got to participate in something, right? The difference is like asking your kids to use you rather than wanting to be there with them. And that's the idea of transformation. I want us to understand this morning that God is not wanting to use you. God is wanting to be with you. He wants to be near And by being near, we get to see him and we get to understand him. We get to feel the nuance of his life and and his breath. And, And as he moves, we get to move with him. And as he speaks, we get to lean in and hear and respond. It's not a chore. It's not something we have to do. It's not a mandate. It's a participation of life that we are engaged in. And that's what changes us. Because I've tried, and I'm sure many of you have tried too. I want to change my life. I just want to do good things. I want to muster it up. And you might be able to bring about some change, you know, in the behavior that you have. But to change who you are, it takes more than me to do that. And that's the work of God that takes place. We work with God, not for God. The psalmist in Psalm 127, one said, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. I have labored in vain so much of my life trying to build the Lord's house. I'm, I'm gonna do this for you, God. I'm gonna do this. And really, he is not asking me to build his house. He is asking me to be a part of the house that he is building. And there's a huge, huge difference God doesn't use people. God invites people to be a part of what he is doing. And then we find ourselves useful. And it might be some nuance in words. It might be a little semantics, but it's a huge difference in what it's actually producing in us. 
Because we're not ushering in the kingdom. We are participating in the kingdom that is already here, but not fully seen. If we would understand that we are living with the abiding presence of God, we are living with it. We, we don't have to work to obtain it. it. It is present. We get to live with us. We would start to realize that we are actually part of what God is doing. And maybe then that joy of the Lord can be our strength as we are in tune with what he is doing and participating in what he's doing and realize that we are close to him even here now with all the things that are going on, even in a pandemic, even in an election year, even in the loss of someone that we love, we are present and his abiding present surrounds us because what he is doing is he's changing us to be more like him. He's transforming us and we are only transformed when we are participating in the work he is doing. We find life by being in the life that God is giving. God's not merely trying to get us to do better things. He's calling us into a better life where better things are. Even when circumstances aren't good, we find life is better. Because God is there. And here's the thing. Like you and I, we've already been invited. Right? You, you don't need to get the invitation. It's, it's already there. It's in the mail box. It's not even on the way there. It, it, it's already there at your home. It, it is, the invitation is already here. You're already welcome. Have you ever been looking for your sunglasses and they're on your head? Right? And it's like, man, where are they? You're all checking everywhere and then go, they're on your head. And it's like, they were there the whole time. The presence of God, the work of God is present. It's already there. You are already invited. You have the invitation. All you need to do now for transformation to take place is to participate in the work that God is already doing and has already invited you in. And now I'm just trying to to be perceptive of it. Now I just want to see where is it? What is the work you're doing, God? How can I be a part of that work? Not because I want to do something, because I want to be a part of what you are doing. Because that's where life is. That's where the fire is. That's where transformation in my life takes place. Because I've tried to change myself. I still try to change myself, and I still can't. But I find I'm transformed when I am with you. I find that I'm changed when you're doing something And I get to be a part of it. Something happens within me. God cares more about who we are becoming than just what we're doing. He wants to know what it is we are growing into. And of course they go together. But the focus is on who you are, not what you do. Who am I becoming? Not what am I going to do? And maybe that's a question we can ask ourselves right now. 
who am I becoming like? What, what is it that I want to be like? Who do I want to be like? And how is that showing up in my life? Because I often focus on what I'm doing rather than on who I'm becoming. Well, I need to do this, you know, and I serve at church and I do these things and I, I, I always kind of focus on the things that I'm doing because that makes me feel good. I want to have a good impression of what people think of me. And so how or what I'm doing is how people perceive me. But do I really look at the things and say, well, who am I becoming, right? Okay, so yeah, I'm going to church or I, I'm a pastor of a church or I'm talking to people, but who am I becoming? What does this have to do with who I am and who I'm becoming, Jesus told a parable in Luke chapter 6. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye, you hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. A disciple is not above his teacher, he says, right? In fact, that's the whole point of discipleship is to be like your teacher. And to be like them, you have to imitate them. You have to be with them. You have to absorb the things that they say and do and experience. When I'm training dogs, I try to convey to people, I'm not teaching you how to get your dog to do or not do things. I'm teaching you how to be someone that your dog respects so that they will listen to you. Because if your dog doesn't respect you, they're not going to listen to you. You can tell them, sit, stay, out, whatever you want all day long. If they don't respect you, they'll turn their nose up to you or their tail or whatever. But when you become someone they respect, then they start noticing everything about you. Then the tone of your voice means something. Use a happy voice. You're animated. Hey, your body posture. All those things are like a magnet to them. And if you're stern, leave it. Give them a, a, they're like, okay, don't want any trouble here. Why? Because they're in tune with you. You've become someone important and they're reading everything about you. And they have this uncanny ability to sense what's going on in your life. I I think I've told this story. I'm sure I have because it's an amazing story. I was doing some training for a, a psychology professor whose dog was aggressive. And I went there and the Sure, the dog is trying to attack me. The dog's trying to bite me. We have the dog muzzled so I can work with the dog because I'm allergic to dog bites. And 
as we're talking and I'm training the dog a little bit, the dog is standing by the guy kind of guarding him and I'm standing away from him and we're outside because the dog's not as aggressive as territorial inside. And I start asking the guy, so when did you get the dog? Was the dog always like this? What happened? Why did you get a dog? And the guy starts telling me a story. Well, you know, I got a dog because I always wanted a dog. My dad had a dog, but it was only his dog. You know, he stayed with my dad and we never got to interact with the dog. So it was just his dog. And, and, you know, I've gone through some hard times and it's been difficult. So I don't really have a lot of people here just because some of the things I've gone through. And so the dog's there keeping me company. And, And I told him, I said, do you realize that you have the dog that you wanted? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, you have a dog that's just your dog. And you have a dog that is protecting you from everyone around you. And the guy just, it like illuminated him. And all of a sudden, you just saw his whole body posture change. He's just like, oh, can't believe that. And as soon as his body posture changed, the dog changed. And when that happened, I lowered myself and I said, let your dog go. And I said, come here. And I called the dog's name and the dog came to me and allowed me to pet him. He still had a muzzle and I'm not stupid. But there was a drastic change. Why? Because the dog was holding on to what he was feeling and was only let go when he saw that he has changed. You see, that's the nuance that we are to be in tune with, with God. I'm a disciple because I am following your lead. I am paying so close attention to that I notice when your posture changes. I notice when your tone changes. I want to be so much like you that I'm following right in your steps. Jesus goes on in verse 43 and he says, for no, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from bramble bushes, whatever those are. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's coming out of you is what is in you. What God wants to change isn't what's coming out of you. God wants to change what's in you. Because we can put on a facade of what's coming out of us. But eventually what's in us is going to come out. Out of the abundance of our heart, we project. Verse 46, he goes on and he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose and the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built, But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. You see, this story is about where we are rooted. This story is about where we are planted. This story isn't so much about all these little actions that we do, because if we are planted in the right place, those things will happen. The good tree that's planted will bring out the good fruit. A tree that isn't good, isn't planted, isn't going to produce. 
And so who we are is where transformation takes place. It's not about doing more good. This was actually about connecting with who is good. Because I can do good things in a bad way. I can have a bad attitude. I could do things out of pride. I could do things out of so many things that aren't good, that look good. But I need to connect with the one who is good so that it changes where I'm planted. It changes who I am. It changes what comes out of me. A friend of ours, James Wortman, some of you know him, had a house and he planted some bamboo in his house. And then he wanted to get rid of the bamboo, but you don't get rid of bamboo. Apparently it's forever. The only way to get rid of bamboo is to move to a new house, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Because the roots spread so much and it gets so deep that it's almost impossible to get rid of it. What would happen if the roots of our life were so embedded in Jesus that it was impossible to get his image out of our lives? That, That we were so enamored with him, so in tune following him, so connected to who God is that it was impossible to get rid of that image that it would shine out of our lives because it's so much a part of our lives. You see, this is the difference between the, the Pharisees and the disciples. You know, one had this information of what to say, how to do things, all the, the rules, regulations, what to follow, how to give that presentation. These people looked the part. These people were out partying. They were out drinking, but they had the resemblance of Jesus. And so in Acts, when they go before the Pharisees and they say, you know, who are these unlearned men? But we can tell they have been with Jesus. I love that. Dallas Willard said, the greatest crisis facing the church today are leaders whose character can't bear their gifting. See, transformation gets to the root of who we are, which is our character. You know, and, and... This idea of leaders who can't bear their gifting, this isn't just about obvious failures, right, Uh, of adultery or embezzlement and all the things that we read about or hear on the news. This is about the root of things, right? This is about pride, covetousness. This is about the ability to see ourselves clearly. This is about being self-delusional not seeing what God sees and thinking it's okay who we are when it's not. It's, again, not taking the words of Jesus to heart when he says, beware of this hypocrisy. To have character means to be genuine, to be real, right? We've heard all those sayings, character is doing the right thing when no one is watching where it's who I want to be. It's who I really am. And that's where transformation takes place. You see, 
I believe that people can change. And I believe that God is in this kind of business of changing people. And he doesn't change them by making them do things. He changes them by transforming them and loving them and caring for them and them being abiding with him and now bearing fruit. And I know God changes people because I've seen it. And even if I'm not able to see it clearly in myself, I, I see it in other people. I see it in Sister Colleen. Look at her life, where it was, and where she was at the end of it. Such a, a radical transformation. Why? Because God is able to change and restore. He's able to take what is dead and make it alive. And that's what I need. That's what we need. One of the difficulties in our ability to work with people in Haiti is finding people you can trust. You're going to send money. You need to make sure that that money is going to go towards the kids, the schools, the teachers, the people that you want it to go to and not just be spent. And that was a difficult thing, even with some of the priests or religious leaders there. It's hard to find people that you could really trust, right? And so when we find, like, as you know, it's like, okay, here's a person who we can trust. Why can we trust him? Because he has character. Because he cares about the people of Haiti. And not just the image because there's been a transformation in his life where this is what he is about and it's not about and it's you know it's a difficult thing when you are living in a country where people are on the brink of starvation to not give in to the temptation to I'm going to take this money so that I can have so that my family can have and to be a person that says oh this money is for this cause that we are a part of There's a different mindset, and that's a transformation. That's a character issue that we find in people that now we can have confidence in. Does God have confidence in me? Is my character one where God can say, okay, yeah, I trust them? And if you feel like, well, no, it's not. That's the good news. You see it, and God's doing it knowing that God is working where I'm at, needing transformation, is a good thing. This is good news if you see transformation is necessary. It means you have an understanding of what needs to be done and a willingness to step into it. That's a good thing because that's what God is doing, and I believe he can do it. He who began a good work in us will not Cease until it is completed. Hey, none of us are done. Well, sometimes I feel like I'm done, right? I'm, I'm done with this election right now, I can tell you. Right? I'm done with COVID. I, I'm so done with so many things. But God is not done with us. God's transforming work is always done from the inside out. Whatever God does through us, he'll also do in us. 
And that's important. Because if we're wanting to see things being done, we have to see, are they being done? Right? Oh, I want to see God doing this in me. Or, or do we want to just see it being done out there? Because remember, God's project, as it were, is creating a people who can share his life with him. God's project isn't other than you. God's project is you and is humanity. So transformation of our character is more important than the accomplishment of our competency. Transformation of who we really are is more important than just what we do. And again, they end up meeting together. They end up becoming that same person. But God is less focused on the achievements that you accomplish than the person you become. And what's important to realize is that you do reproduce or multiply who you are. That's the whole idea of parenting, teaching your kids so that they follow your footsteps. Transformation is about reproduction, not mass production. Right? You don't mass produce kids. Camera went off. Now it came back on. <laughs> At least, I don't know. We kind of mass produced kids. We got four of them in a short time, but it wasn't the same thing as mass production, right? We don't mass produce when you reproduce. Why? Because it takes time. It takes time to reproduce. It takes time to to do those kinds of things. I don't know if we're on or not. Are we? We're good. <laughs> I see panic. Everyone's running around in the back, like, "What's going on here?" The real process of discipleship is never simply a teaching process. It's never merely about transference of information. It will always involve imitation and practice. It will always involve participation. First Thessalonians chapter two, verse eight, Paul said, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. Paul's saying, you know, we wanted to give you the right information. We wanted to give you the right doctrine. We wanted you to follow the right things. He said, no, we wanted to give ourselves to you. People are replacing politics with community. People are more concerned about the right information than actually being present with people because that's where transformation takes place. That's where I get to grow. I, I do more growth being with people than I do listening to information. Right, you, you, you have kids and you be with kids. You have toddlers and you are going to be transformed, whether you like it or not. Right, It is going to transform your life. You, you are going to learn patience. You have to. Otherwise, you'll be arrested for murder. Right, you, you have to transform and it happens because you are involved with people. And Paul says, we didn't want to just tell you something we gave ourselves to you. 
Why? Because that's what transformation. Paul was giving them more than information. He was a living transformation. It's so hard sometimes to believe that people can change. It's so hard when you're always hearing these things. And I feel so bad for people who are in professions where they're always seeing certain things. My daughter came home last night or the night before. No, it was last night. She came on. She's telling me these stories. She can't give information about the people, but she tells these stories about people who are just really messed up. And pretty soon she starts thinking all people are like this if she starts seeing people. And imagine police officers where they're always dealing with people who are criminal and have certain behavior. You start thinking all these people are like that. And we can get into this place where we see all people are like this because we hear the news all the time telling us about all these people who are doing these things and everybody's white supremacists and everybody's Antifa and everybody's this and everybody's that. And I believe that God can change everybody. That's what I believe because I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it in other lives. It can happen. There is, that's what I want Genesis to do. I want to see us be a place of transformation. Genesis, life begins here. This is what it's about. It's a place where people's lives can be transformed, but it's a process. It's reproduction. It's not mass production. And so it takes being with, it takes walking alongside. It takes putting your arm around. It takes crying with, it takes living with. It's not just going to happen. This isn't about me giving you some information that you agree with or don't agree. That's not what it's about. I'm trying to give myself. We're trying to give ourselves to one another. We need to learn to hold on to what God does through us with what God is doing in us and vice versa. We need to be careful that we don't just focus on what is done through us without allowing it to be done in us. Happy for God to work in us, but if I'm not allowing him to work through me, then there's a short in the circuit. Or if I'm wanting God to work through me but not work in me, there's something wrong. It's not consistent with what transformation really is. We want to bring these two together. God works through me. God works in me. And they work together. The main thing God gets out of your life is not the things you do. It's not the things you achieve. The most important thing that God gets out of your life and my life is who you become. So the question is, who are we becoming? Let's pray. Father, we desire transformation. Lord, I desire transformation within my own life. And I desire it in the lives of the people who I know and love. Lord, we all have things that need to change. Lord, maybe it's fear. We're holding on to fear. And we're obsessed with the news of every little thing, from a a virus to an election. And we need to move from a place where we are afraid to a place where we can trust. 
Lord, maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's selfishness. Lord, there are so many things that need to change in us. And the good news is that you know them all, and that's where transformation begins. And so I am praying that if you're listening and you have felt the need for transformation in your life, that you would step into that work, that you would start following the God who transforms, that you would start leaning into the conversation he is wanting to have with you through scripture, through prayer, through people, that you would allow the voice of God and the character of God to change your very life. And if that is your desire, I pray that you would just pray out to him and say, God, please change me. God, please work within me. Start a conversation if you haven't already had one. I trust that God is big enough to hear you wherever you are and to do whatever needs to be done. And extend yourself to people who have been an example to you. People who you can follow and and learn from. People who are able to teach you not just by what they say, but by how they live. Become a disciple and allow the God of life, to give his life to you. May you find warmth by being close to the fire of God. Amen. May your life be transformed as you draw near to the one who loves you. May you lean in to hear not only his voice, the movement of his spirit that we might be transformed into his image and see transformation take place in the lives of those around us. God bless you guys. Thank you guys for being here. Again, November 15th, we are going to officially open, but uh, please join us. Take two will be this Wednesday at 7 o'clock here. You're welcome to be here as well for that questions. Love you guys. Miss you all. God bless. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.